Let's get back to more of the Scores Draft Special featuring Chuck Swirsky and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears and Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. And our coverage continues of the 2023 NFL Draft as the uh, draft in the books and the Bears with the 10th overall pick, Darnell Wright from the University of Tennessee. And again, more coverage continues tomorrow, Mullion Hall, and then uh, the rounds two and three will get underway at 6 o'clock right here on 670 The Score following uh, Cubs baseball, Cubs on the road against the Marlins. Mark Grody has uh, been covering the draft from Hallis Hall. And uh, Mark, number one, thanks uh, so much for your efforts today. I know it's been a long day, but a fruitful one for you, the radio station, and certainly the Bears. So what's the vibe going around Darnell Wright? Well, first of all, thank you, Chuck, and it is always great to hear you. I'm officially getting to the point where, you know, I'm old enough to know that you ruled the sports talk uh, radio waves once upon a time, Chuck. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was telling Anthony, the great thing is I did tons of drafts, and I I love the NFL draft. I love the NBA draft. But, I mean, working – uh, side by side as you do with so many wonderful people up at Hallis Hall and to see especially young people. I mean, think about this. When Darnell Wright was a kid, he was probably the biggest kid uh, in his class, right? right? I, I would guess so, so, yeah. It was like Bill Weddington. I mean, Bill was 6'8". <laughs> Seriously, Bill yeah. was 6'8", but he was 13 years old. Good grief. 6'8 <laughs> at 13. So, yeah. I mean, you know, so these kids – all of a sudden, you know, the light bulb goes on that they've got a shot mm. at playing high school football, <laughs> Pop Warner football, like right. you did, Anthony. Right. And then all of a sudden, you get a college scholarship, and you're recruited. And then all of a sudden, you get to start at a major college Division One level program. <laughs> and then you excel. And then all of a sudden, your name is called for the NFL draft. I mean, how mm. cool is that? Sing it. Sing it. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and and Darnell Wright, guys, as I'm sure you guys have been discussing, 6'6", 335. So mm-hmm. he's a big guy. What, what do I think about the bit? My, my initial reaction was, okay, yeah. I mean, that was definitely in the purview for sure for the Bears, Darnell Wright. Um, you know, I think it's a reasonable, practical, need-fulfilling pick for sure. I mean, they, they, I mean and if they use him in the position that he played the most in college, which was right tackle – Assuming the Bears are still comfortable with Braxton Jones as their their left tackle now and into the future, it's an ideal pick because you could it conceivably slide him in at right tackle. And we're going to talk to to Ryan Poles here momentarily. Quick disclaimer for you guys: I might abruptly have to run into the Ryan Poles press conference, but mm-hmm. it is not started yet. So it'll be interesting to hear how much he reveals about how, how what the configuration of the offensive line will be. He did have 27 starts in his four years at Tennessee at right tackle, 13 at left tackle. He even got a couple of starts at right guard. Obviously, that's not what we're thinking about with Darnell Wright, but kind of the the for whatever it's worth trade. So I I do think it's it's a great fit. I know that this doesn't necessarily get the meter, you know, things like that for a lot of of the Bears fan base. But you can't look at this pick and and say. Uh, I don't think you could say anything horrible. No, I don't think people are saying that. But, but Mark, I do think people are saying, well, what about Jalen Carter? (laughs) Now, that that was interesting, man. I I will admit 
that as it got closer to the Bears at nine, and I realized with Bijan Robinson going to Atlanta at eight, I was like, okay, here it is. And there was buzz over the last 24 to 48 hours, both in Kansas City and here, that the Bears were thinking about Jalen Carter, but they certainly were not thinking about Jalen Carter because they traded the pick. And he ends up with the Eagles, which is pretty amazing. I mean, I know we're not here to talk Eagles football, uh, but getting Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, a couple of studs from from that unbelievable Georgia defensive line, I mean, I think that's pretty good. But, Chuck, it's obvious that when we talked to Ian Cunningham, the assistant general manager of the Bears the other day, he was asked questions about essentially how hard will Jalen Carter try? Will he subscribe fully to the the hits principle? And it was not a very fulfilling answer as in, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we'll see uh, most of mostly he's going to pay attention to it. So that was a tell to me that they there was something that they did not like about their interviews or workout, watching the workouts of Jalen Carter. But, man, I mean, for the Eagles, they, they were the team that could afford to do what they did, and they did it. And the being able to afford to do what they did is one of the things Chuck and I have been talking about this evening here. And Ryan Poles did reference something along the lines, and you might have been standing right there when he did, but something to the effect, shortly after – the Jalen Carter episode took place and the news came out there after the combine, Ryan Poles, you know, kind of referenced the the state the locker room is in, how much leadership is there and how, how young the group is. He kind of referenced something along those lines a couple of months back as far as a factor in whether or not a team like the Bears for where their franchise is at, if it would make sense for them to take a guy like that. Well, what's one of the things you want to hear from Ryan Poles related to their evaluation of Darnell Wright versus what what else was available on the board at the time. You know, whether or not he's viewed as the best player that was available or is it more about being a position of need? Yeah, I mean, that that was actually one of the questions that I asked the other day. Like, what, what you know, are the Bears looking, are you going for need? Are you going for best player available? And interestingly enough, you know, Ian Cunningham's answer to that was essentially, hey, we can get need throughout the entire draft, indicating, indicating that they would go best player available with Darnell Wright. I don't believe that. I, I think that that was, <laughs> I think it was... And I mean that in the kindest ways, uh, kindest of ways. I absolutely don't believe what Ian Cunningham was saying. They went for need. I mean, I think that that's it's pretty obvious, you know, that you had a huge need at at uh, somewhere on the offensive line and specifically at right tackle. So I can't look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's absolute. That they just went with him because that was the best player available, and they blindly took Darnell Wright. No, I think that you know whether they admitted or not, that was an absolute position of need, um, and it it makes sense. And but, but I'll, Mark, I'll look can forward. Can't you have both? From the standpoint, let's say they're on the board and Paris Johnson was rated ahead of Darnell Wright. Well, you know, once Paris Johnson's gone, and maybe Tyree Wilson was rated ahead hmm. on their board of Darnell Wright. And so, you know, you, you look at names and one by one, they're coming off the board and you see Darnell Wright and with the relationship Cunningham has with Philadelphia, with Roseman, and it made too much sense because the Bears obviously weren't going to take Carter, so they probably said, listen, we can pick up a free fourth-round pick, we're going to flip, and so Philadelphia gets their guy, and we're going to get our guy. 
Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. I mean, when you connect the, the dots like that, I think that, you know, two teams walk away with, you know, we know the Eagles with losing members on the defensive line had had a huge need along their defensive line to become whole again. So how, however you want to look at it, this is a good move uh, by yeah, the Bears. I, and I, 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 I obviously, I'm just saying it would have been, it would have been too tempting for me had Tyree Wilson been available <laughs> for the Bears to, to pass him. I, I, I'm just well, being honest. I love I, that I'm kid. with you on that, Chuck. I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I've been saying throughout the draft, and, and even when we did our little uh, media poll in at Hallis Hall today, I actually went with Nolan Smith, you know, who, who didn't. Really? Ooh. Where did Nolan Smith? Yeah, Nolan Smith, yeah, obviously, ended up going to the him, Eagles. You would have taken him at, well, at, at nine? I, I, I'll tell you what, Chuck. I was just – it was kind of – I don't know if I would have actually taken him at nine, but it was just kind of to bring home the point that everything and anything was possible for the Bears at that number nine spot. I think that he needs a little bit of, of to add some weight, uh, but I can't get past the fact that you know some people are comparing him to Micah Parsons of of the Dallas Cowboys, and he's got to put on more weight. You know, what what teams are not sure of, and I don't know if the Eagles are included in this, is Nolan Smith truly big enough to be, you know, a three-down defensive lineman, or is he going to be more of a pass specialist where you put like a Mark, Mark Anderson with the Bears, you know, about a decade ago or even longer ago than that? Um, where he just turns into a guy who is just dashing at the quarterback and you can't keep him in in, in other situations. So I don't know if he's going to actually become a Micah Parsons, but that's that's a pretty good comp right there for him, for sure. And, I, and, and my whole point, too, Chuck, was that I, I thought that the Bears needed to go get somebody who can sack the quarterback at number nine. That That's what I was hoping for, like predicting for the Bears, just because they were just so bad at getting to the quarterback or even giving the indication of any pressure towards well, the quarterback. So that, so that problem Young is still is there. Out there. I'm a big Chase yeah. Young fan, you know, and I know, you know with the ACL and he played in what, Anthony, about three, four games, whatever. Yeah, he, he's be. had a really but injury play career all, all so All I can far. tell you is I'd, I'd take a flyer on him. I mean, you know. You've you got to trade something to get him. They I'm do have some draft capital. <laughs> but you know what? Again, the, for to be, I don't even want to call it a safe pick. This was a really good pick by the Bears with Darnell Wright. Okay, the, this was a no-brainer because, as Anthony mentioned, uh, one of many, but Anthony said the culture. It's about the culture. Philadelphia's culture is different from the Bears' culture, and you can't expect a guy like Jalen Carter who has, you know, and and the record is out there with Jalen Carter and some issues that he would come into a young team who's going to stand up and say, no, that's not acceptable around here. Where in Philadelphia, you were mentioning some of the veteran players. They aren't going to buy that. Guys like Fletcher Cox. I mean, you'll be able to keep a a little better there in Philly with the veteran presence in that. Yeah. I mean, there's not really anybody in the Bears locker room that has, I mean, I guess Eddie Jackson kind of has that cachet. I could see Jaquan Brisker as, as the years go on, maybe becoming a little bit of a leader. Justin Jones, the the Bears, you know, current three technique, definitely has a voice in that locker room. But to the point you guys are making, yeah, it's true. I mean, the, in terms of veteran leadership and all of that, there's probably nobody who would 
fully keep Jalen Carter in check, assuming he needs. But but I think about Jalen Carter. I mean, he'd have to be really stupid at this point to go to the Eagles or wherever he landed tonight and 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 step out of line in any way, shape, or form. You know, he he's he had the incident. He got past it. It didn't hurt him in, in the big scheme of things. It really still a top 10 pick. And now you just go do your job and make people forget about that because people will forget about that if, right. if he shuts yes. his mouth I, and plays well. It's, it's multiple things with Carter, though, because even if he never drives beyond the speed limit again, there's still the question of how much he loves football. And that that's huge, especially right. yeah. for playing and, that position. And really, that's what it's all about. And, and from the standpoint, Amen. you know what? Yeah. I, I, at the end of the day, I mean, this is going to be with him for the rest of his life, what happened in a horrific, horrific situation. Um, and, 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 again, that's, he's going to have to deal with that. But how much does he love the game of football? Anthony, I've been talking about this. That is, to me, a prerequisite as far as when I look at a player. Does he love the sport? Does he love to compete? Does he love being a teammate? Does he love getting better? Is he willing to put the time and effort in to being a great player? Or are you satisfied just to be a good player and go through the motions? I don't want that type of player on my roster. Just like if I was working at a Fortune 500 company, (laughs) I don't want that type of employee. I want an employee that comes into work each and every day saying, how can I make my company better? How selfless am I? Period. <laughs> right. And and sometimes, uh, for, for better or for worse, and, and maybe for worse, when you're that talented, when you're as good mm-hmm. as Jalen Carter, some sometimes it is the talent that speaks for itself, and sometimes it is the, the player just, you know, like, I got this talent, so I'm not going to play ball with the rest of it. But, yeah, I mean – I think that you know Jalen Carter could still end up being the best player right. in this draft, and those the hot like go 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 watch his you know anybody listening right now go watch the guy's highlights. <laughs> that hasn't gone away, man. Uh-huh. He is still he is still an absolute badass on the field, and e- even though he's had bad workouts and all of that, watching his tape, it is hard to believe. That, that this guy won't be highly successful in the NFL. And part of what, you know, we saw it on the, the Twitch stream as folks were chatting about the Bears pick. We saw it on the text line here. We heard it from callers. Some folks feel like this was a move that kind of indicates Ryan Poles wasn't willing to take a risk, wasn't willing to swing for the fences, sort of drafted in a way out of fear, passing on Jalen Carter, going with the well, safe pick. Safe. Right. And so how, how do you assess that? What do you expect to hear? from Ryan Poles about that tonight, Groats, as far as just whether or not he wasn't willing to swing for the fences with his pick passing on Carter. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what he'll be willing to say, and I, I will definitely ask the question if somebody doesn't uh, beat me to it. But I think part of it is that in the Bears case, and, in, and specifically Ryan Poles, a second-year general manager with a team that is in a heavy rebuild can the, the Bears are not the team that could afford to take the chance. That's what I think is probably going through their mind. I mean, again, you look at who did draft him. Philadelphia can afford to take that risk. They're going to be great they, even if know, Jalen Carter doesn't play a down for him. Yeah, this, thank you. This thank was, you. Exactly. You know what, Mark? We, Anthony and I off the air were talking. This is house money for Philadelphia. <laughs> 
Really? Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I mean, so, so it, Because if this works for Philadelphia, they're going to be called geniuses. You know, they're brilliant. How oh, can all yeah. these teams pass them up? Well, guess what? You know, there's good reason to pass them up. It's, yeah, I mean, and look, it, it, the Eagles have the infrastructure in place. The Bears don't yet. I mean, they are working towards that. And, you know, the idea is and the hope is is that they will get there, but they are not there yet. Ryan Poles has not proved himself. So I just think it was too early, A, in Ryan Poles' tenure to be taking a chance at this point. Um, and then, you know, at everything else that, that goes in to Jalen Carter. But, yeah, I will be interested in seeing, you know, 10 years from now how this stacks up. And we'll find out very quickly how good Jalen Carter is, too. All right. Well, Mark, listen, uh, let us uh, let us keep you up to date as far as what's going on. If we hear anything as far as any other information going on in the National Football League, we'll make sure and check in with you and vice versa on Ryan Poles. Yeah, I'll be uh, tweeting Chuck from uh, at Mark Grody Sports during Ryan Poles, and he's going to be any second now Ryan Poles could step up there. So just jump on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. Chris Emma's out here too, so you can follow him, and we'll let you know exactly what Ryan Poles is saying. And uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your show. I've I've been listening uh, intermittently, and you guys sound great. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. Mark Grody, uh, live from Hallis Hall on the Bears pick. Darnell Wright. Let's go to Mike in Rockford. Mike. Welcome to 670 The Score. We appreciate you. Mike, are you there? Okay, we lost Mike, so let's go to Ed in Joliet at 312-644-6767. Ed, are you with us? Okay. Well, let's try one more. hear my name. I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to talk to, to you, Chuck, and to Anthony. Um, I watched Anthony on the Bears leash with Kay Shark and another co-worker. I can't remember his name. Gabe Ramirez. But, yes, Ramirez, yes. And now Kay Shark is with uh, GN, WGN. And uh, I'm going to freak you out, Chuck, but I actually know you personally from about 83, 84, all the way to about 95, I used to go to all the DePaul games then. And I would run up and see you, and I, I just couldn't wait to see that smiling face. And uh, I was the uh, fitness guy, and you and I used to talk shop. And so it's been like 35, 37 years uh, that I had – not seen you, but followed your whole career. And uh, between you and Chet Kopic and uh, just just a bunch of good guys that uh, I just love listening to. And uh, well, you're very kind. I'll tell you I, what we had we had some good times uh, dealing with DePaul back in the day when they were relevant. <laughs> Hopefully, one day they'll be relevant again. Daniel from Chicago, welcome. To uh, 670, the score, we're talking Bears ball and the NFL draft. What's your take, Daniel, on uh, tonight's activities with the Bears? Lashley, right now, I think that's a great thing that Ryan Poles did. I think D. Wright is a solid guy. I think he's going to be a good long-term guy as well. And instead of paying big bucks this year for a right tackle, I think we got a guy in the first round that is just as good that was out there for free agency. And honestly, the way he – 
handled a lot of guys like Will Anderson and covered for Hooker. And, I mean, Justin Fields is similar to a Hooker. I think it went really well, plus a fourth-round pick as well for just switching a little bit. I think that was really good. And I also want to say rest in peace, Jerry Springer. And I think everyone on 670 to score, you guys got great sports IQ as well. Great listening to you guys. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on 670 The Score. Yes, hi. Good evening, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, okay, guys, listen, I want to say this is important. Now, there's huge holes in the Bears team, both sides of the ball, both sides of the line, defense, offensive line. The reason I think this pick was great and they passed up on Jalen Carter is because, hear me out here, Justin Fields is proving he's a great running quarterback. We still don't know what he has in his arm talent. And the excuses given that he's running for his life, they're doing more running plays because they didn't have the option to protect him and he didn't have anybody to throw to. Now they got this wide receiver from Carolina. Um, DJ Moore. And they're going to get another system together. But they got this, they got this offensive lineman now who's going to block for him. So they got to see what they have in Justin Fields, guys, because they have two first-round picks next year. If Justin Fields doesn't pan out this year, then they're going to have to look at a quarterback next year. And real quick, Anthony, um, I'm I'm very good friends with Gary Dolphin. Oh, Iowa. All right. Uh, Gary says hello, and he's my my son-in-law <laughs> is uh, goes to Iowa and knows him very well. And I spent a lot of time in Dubuque, Iowa, and that's where Gary works. I work out at Anytime Fitness, and I work out about. Twice, three times a month at, at any time, and I see Gary there a lot. He's a great guy. Very nice. Yep. One, one of the few individuals whose voices I would rank higher than Chuck Swirsky, Gary Dolphin, man, just a golden set yes, of pipes. Yes, he, he is fantastic broadcaster. <laughs> so thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, 312-644-6767. And uh, we're just, you know, I'm reading all these different bloggers who cover the NFL regarding uh, who won the first round. Anthony, and uh, they're talking about Philadelphia did well, Baltimore mm-hmm. did well, Pittsburgh did well, Seattle. Yeah, you mentioned And now Seattle. they're saying about uh, some of the uh, questionable decision makers. How about Detroit? They felt the, the Lions, <laughs> just like you said, uh, they, they questioned the Houston Texans. Um, it was for, aggressive for the Texans going up. I mean, they got two excellent players, man. The Texans, they got C.J. Stroud, who – and he could come out. I mean, I, I won't be shocked if C.J. Stroud ends up having a better career than Bryce Young. I, I view Bryce Young as the better prospect between the two, but by a narrow margin. And you got C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, potentially, you know, certainly one of the best quarterbacks, and then maybe just the cleanest prospect overall in Will Anderson. But they were very aggressive in going to get both yes. those guys. So, you know, they probably gave up maybe a bit more draft capital than some folks. And, and the Packers are getting killed instead of taking a wide receiver for Jordan Love. <laughs> they don't know? take wide receivers they, in Green Bay. No, Haven't we learned don't. that? They never did it for Rodgers in the first round. And they took a defensive end from your Hawkeye country. That's right. Uh, Lucas, Lucas Van Ness. Yep. And uh, also the Falcons uh, are getting reamed out. I mean, by because they took a running back, uh, B. John Robinson, mm. who I love. Very, very much, but they took them. Yeah, high, the, you, you the, take uh, a special player. I mean, you know, it's hard to get really upset when you take a a, a guy who and he is a, a special lot of us, player. It, it feels that way. He's got a persona. Mm-hmm. He's very gregarious, very yeah. outgoing. I love his personality. Uh-huh. You know, and he's such a multi-skilled running back. So. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, Sean. Do you, who do you want to go to? You want to go to John? Yeah, let's take right. John. Let's uh, go to John. John on six seventy to score. John, the Bears make a bold move. 
okay, a safe move, but a good move, bypassing Carter. What's your take? My take is they couldn't gamble. They had to do something safe. I almost feel like Philadelphia did us a favor. Philadelphia didn't have to give us anything because no other team offered anything. So well, we don't know that, though. But anything better, we don't know. You know, the next four or five picks, I mean, Carter was eventually going to be the number one pick overall for a couple of months ago. Every other NFL team who was in the draft passed when the Bears had him at their discretion. Every other team passed other than Philadelphia. And Philadelphia's like, we know you're not going to take him, but we're going to do you a favor and do this, which I 100% agree with the Bears on what they did. And and so all those people tomorrow say, all you got is a fourth-round pick. It was either that or nothing. Why did every other team not want Carter and just Philadelphia? Like you said, it was the only team in the NFL that would draft him. And so I think it was genius on what the Bears did. Yeah, I mean, genius is a big word, but I like it. You know, to to think, and I've certainly seen some of the chatter that's been there, whether it is on social media and and beyond, you know, and some of the, even here on our text line on the Twitch stream earlier in the show as well, with folks feeling like maybe the Bears should have gotten more than a fourth-round pick. You're you're swapping one spot, and it's for a player that the Eagles, frankly, could have gotten if they just stayed at 10. The Bears weren't about to take them, so, you know, I think you at least got something out of it. I I don't have any issue with the Bears getting a fourth-round pick. Hey, getting a first-round pick would have been awesome. It's you know, it would have been far-fetched. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Leaving one line open right now at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Ryan pulls the moment, the moment he is uh, going to address the media. And as soon as we're able to uh, just kind of recirculate some of the uh, audio clips, we'll put it on the air before midnight when we leave 670 the score and again keep in mind folks Mully and Hall tomorrow will have complete coverage of the oh, Bears yeah. the NFL rounds number 2 and 3 6 o'clock we'll have coverage and again Cubs baseball will have more NFL right after the Cubs and Marlins but for now let's take a break then more calls Chuck Swirsky Anthony Heron on 670 the score Let's get back to more of the Scores Draft Special featuring Chuck Swirsky and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears and Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Darnell, how would you describe yourself as a player for Bears fans still getting to know you? Yeah, I mean, you see on tape, I can, I'm big and I'm strong, but I don't think people realize once once they really get to see some more of me, like they'll see how athletic I am and... I can play. I can play both sides if needed. I mean, I know I'm coming into a room that I just want to earn the respect of those guys first, and then. But I can play probably anywhere on the line. I mean, and just my athleticism will speak for itself. And then I just want to get better and better at my technique. All right, that is uh, 20. Well, he'll be 22 years young on August the 10th at a Huntington, West Virginia. That is the voice of six six. 335-pound Darnell Wright from the University of Tennessee, drafted 10th overall. The Bears had the ninth pick. They flip with Philadelphia, and the Eagles surrender a fourth-round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Let's go back to the phone lines at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Steve. Steven, where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from Kansas City. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you guys? Good, thank you. Good. Uh, I love the pick. Um, I don't understand people who were complaining about uh, not giving Fields protection. You know, they got they finally got the guy, and people are are booing that they probably would have preferred Jalen Carter or something. And I wanted to share some interesting uh, nugget about Carter from a expert uh, who was having a free draft party that I attended yesterday. I'm I'm going to keep their name uh, confidential to protect mm. their. Uh, well, their you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what I have a problem with, and 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 I'm not trying to be rude here. But I don't like hearsay, and I don't like gossip. So I hope you respect where I'm coming from as much as I respect the fact that you you know, have been very patient. I, but I, I, I really don't like to get into stuff where, you know, it's he said, she said. I'm, I'm, I'm just not buying it. I, I don't like that stuff. All so, right. Well, that's understandable. Okay. But, uh, hey, great, uh, great, uh, great show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. See where uh, you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, man. I don't, just, maybe he might have been about to say something crazy. Then, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I know. I'm just you know because I, I here's my my view uh-huh. on I'm um, doing sports talk. Number one, um, I'm I'm never rude to callers. Okay. Never. Uh, and I I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Uh-huh. And I I but you know when someone says listen. I was at an event last night, and I overheard somebody. <laughs> I, 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 I don't buy into that. You know? You're not looking for the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon version of what the Bears did or didn't get wrong. You got an opinion. Go well, ahead and share it. But if you don't. You know, again, you know, I'm, you're dealing with a human being. Mm-hmm. And if the human being is doesn't have a chance to defend himself or herself, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I operate, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe he was just going to tell us about down on right shoe size. I don't know, but yeah, it might have been something crazy no, he was going to say too. I have no idea. I have no idea. But if, yes, go. but I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying All right. with that. Let's go to uh, Dom in Dallas, Texas. Dom, how you doing? I'm doing excellent, gentlemen. I'm doing excellent. I got to tell you, I've been sitting down here in Dallas. I moved down here about ten years ago. And I've been dealing with the Cowboys, riffraff, this or this, we're going to do this, we need this guy. All the meanwhile, I'm sitting here watching my beloved try to get better and better and better every year. The last two years, I have been absolutely understandable about how we are approaching the advancement of this team. Tonight, I think, was a giant success for our beloved even more so i want to put this in the correct context for all of those who follow our beloved the detroit lions in my opinion did not get better tonight the green bay packers did not get better tonight yes they drafted these players they could be in fact they might be reaches all of this but i don't think they have their head on the swivel as to what they need i believe based off of this draft right now, that the Chicago Bears have a direction in mind. And that's something I don't think any of us can say that we've seen out of them for the longest of times. That gives me clarity. That gives me hope. That gives me excitement, gentlemen. Let's Mm -hmm. build through the draft. 
Let's let King Poles do what he does, and let's see what happens. I'd love to hang up and hear what you have to say. All right. Well, thank you very much, Anthony. I want to hear what you have to say. He's assessing the entire division there, the, the caller from Dallas. You know, no, looking at the Lions, all right, they got a running back. He sounds unimpressed. All right, they got a fellow Hawkeye, a linebacker, and Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. He sounds unimpressed with that as well. Packers got a Hawkeye. Maybe this guy's just got something against Hawkeyes. Maybe that's <laughs> what the problem was with that caller. I'm surprised he called in and knew that I was a Hawkeye and was willing to actually talk to me for a moment here. We got a bunch of teams he's naming that he doesn't think did anything tonight, and they all drafted Hawkeyes. Maybe that was the biggest issue he had with these draft picks here. But to his point, is Lucas Van Ness some kind of piece that pushes Green Bay over the top? We don't know what Jordan Love is going to do at quarterback. Is Jack Campbell, Jamar Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs, are they pieces that push the Lions to another level? You know, get an explosive piece in the backfield. I like that. You get a linebacker I think is going to play well, but does Jack Campbell push their defense over the top in Detroit? Well, Gibbs Perhaps wasn't not. even expect. Gibbs thought he was going to go in the 20s. I mean, yeah, maybe late first round, maybe not even until tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, you got a couple of – a couple of guys who both, I think both Detroit picks would be viewed as reaches. And, you know, even as much as I love calling Jack Campbell's games and fellow Hawkeye, it feels like a reach at 18 for Jack Campbell, even though I think he's going to play good, maybe not elite level, but good football for so, Detroit well, for a while. somebody in the Lions front office must have seen something when they looked at tape over and over and over to merit that pick. I think they see a guy who's going to start at linebacker for them right away. I, just, I don't see a guy like I don't see Jack Campbell making a bunch of Pro Bowls while he's in Detroit. That's what you're hoping to draft. You know, when you're in that top 20 in the first round somewhere, you're hoping to draft a guy who's going to make some Pro Bowls. I'm not sure I see that in Jack Campbell, but I think he's going to play good football for, for a good while in Detroit. Okay. But, you know, I don't see a perennial Pro Bowler. All right. Sean, do you want to take a break or can we go to Rob right now on let's the phone? Take, let's take Rob real quick. All right, Rob, you're on 670 The Score. Welcome. We appreciate you hanging in and being a part of our draft night coverage. Oh, hey, yeah, Chuck. I just wanted to say, you know what? I was really disappointed. I was really hoping that uh, the uh, the Bears would pick that, uh, you know, Will Levis guy at uh, number 10. I think he'd be a real good fit for the Bears. All right, well, you know, Anthony has a, a lot of opinions about that quarterback out of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the guy out of Kentucky, He's uh, he's got a big arm. He's fairly athletic as well, but he just he hadn't played the quarterback position at a very high level in the time that he's been at Kentucky. So, you know, he's going to come off the board tomorrow, perhaps even early tomorrow. You know, there's a couple of quarterbacks that are still on the board here between Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. I view Hendon Hooker as the number three quarterback in this draft cycle. And Anthony Richardson, I mean, you know, all the physical gifts that are available there. I'm not shocked that he came off the board as the third quarterback because of everything that he can access physically. But to me, Hendon Hooker was the guy I viewed as the number three prospect. I viewed Anthony, uh, well, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, a bit of a toss-up to me there. Richardson, number four, Will Levis, number five. But I think both Hooker and Levis will both come off the board at some point, you know, first half of round two somewhere. All right, good enough. We're going to take a break. We'll have more coming up in just a few moments. In fact, Ryan Poles uh, is uh, conducting a press conference right now. We hope to get a clip or two from Ryan Poles to talk about his number one pick, Darnell Wright, and then some right here on 670 The Score. Let's get back to more of The Score's draft special featuring Chuck Swirsky and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears and Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. 
And welcome back. Chuck Swirsky, Anthony Heron. We have about uh, 12 minutes before midnight, and then we'll turn it over to the five folks covering network coverage of the NFL draft. Sean Sears has done a great job. And just a moment, we're going to get thumbs up, and we'll hear from Ryan Pohl. So stick around, folks, because uh, we want to hear uh, from the GM of the Chicago Bears on his number one pick, drafted 10th overall, Darnell Wright. So when that happens, uh, give us thumbs up, Sean, and we'll make sure and get it on the air ASAP. But again, rounds two and three tomorrow, Anthony. Who's on the board that entices you? Well, we talked about a couple of the quarterbacks. Will Levis and Hendon Hooker both would have had that first-round potential. Joey Porter Jr. is a Penn State corner that I think uh, had first-round potential. It's still on the board. So he's going to go pretty early tomorrow as well. The tight end position is going to be multiple tight ends, but another Hawkeye. And uh, surprisingly enough, the way I was passing attack, look, you wouldn't think they had any pass catches, but Sam Laporta. I didn't think they had end. any offense. Yeah, exactly. But they, they did have the tight end position. It's a great tight end history and lineage from Iowa. And Sam Laporta is a, a tight end that, that's going to come off the board, I think, in round number two. One other guy to look for, uh, another Big Ten guy, Jaden Reed, a Michigan State receiver, yes. tested really well, I made really a lot like of plays. Him. Yeah, he's a really feisty guy yes, as a wideout that I think is going to come off the board in round two as well. Nice. All right, we're all set. Ryan Poles, let's hear from the GM of the Bears. Sure. Yeah. All right. All right, jump right to it. No, it's late. Um, excited with Darnell. Um, you know, a player that we can add to our offensive line and continue to get better up front, big athletic guy, uh, physical. The one thing that stands out with him, he's a tone setter. Um, he plays with the edge to him, which we love. We want more of. Um, so he's definitely going to add that to our front versatile guy. He can play left, right. He's played guard before as well. Um, you know, this was a, a really cool experience to go through with him. We had him um, at the Senior Bowl, really stood out there, uh, brought him in for a combine interview, did a really nice job there. Um, and then we had the, um, you know, his private workout that Simo and I went down and, and worked him out which was a, a really big piece. Um, you know, there's an attitude, there's a mental toughness that you have to have to play this game. Uh, with him, you know, we, I kind of joke around, we brought him to deep water to see if he could swim or not. And he accepted the challenge and he showed us the grit and the mental toughness um, to be able to fight through fatigue and, and all of those things that we look for. So it was a really good experience from start to finish. Um, a guy that we were comfortable with as being the top tackle in the draft. So we're pumped about that. So I'll open up the questions. Ryan, could you share a little bit more specifically about the workout and what, what all yeah. you pushed him through and, and what jumped out at you? Yeah, so we spent about a good hour. Uh, this was Saturday before Easter. Um, he had gone on a visit on visits the entire week. He had been here. And what we wanted to do is, one, have him on his, his turf where he's nice and comfortable, put him on the board, install a bunch of run and pass plays, erase it, go over some different concepts, things that we do here, go back, have them regurgitate it, teach it back to us. And, and we really talked about details, very, very detailed in terms of what's your aiming point. Uh, what do we do if, if things change, the front changes, the linebackers move? Um, and you show the ability to adapt and learn really, really fast, which was good. Um, after that, we brought him outside, warmed him up, did about an individual, got him fatigued. And then he'd get up to the line of scrimmage, and we had a couple guys there. Simo would call out the play, 
and then change it last second to see if he had the mental quickness to change and adjust. We did that for a while, started breathing heavy. We basically put him through a conditioning drill for about five to ten minutes, like up-downs, all that stuff. Back, he'd huddle with me, he'd go up to SEMO, same thing, and we, we just would trigger and trigger and trigger and got him exhausted, and the kid had no fight in him. His body language was excellent, and he stayed aggressive, finished. Um, again, that attitude that we're looking for up front. So really good experience, hands-on. Um, again, you're always looking to be convicted about things, and, and that was that final box we were able to check and feel good about it. I know you mentioned uh, his versatility, but do you ideally see him as trying out for the starting right tackle of this team? Is that the ideal fit for him? Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about this last year. It's like, how can you put the best five together? So if that's right tackle, it's right tackle. Um, we'll compete, keep it open. And, you know, whatever that front five is, that's what we'll roll with. Today, it's hard to just put him in one spot and say, hey, you've earned your job and all that. He's got to come in and earn it like everybody else. Is Braxton Jones locked in as your left tackle? Is it his job to lose? Yeah. So, in, I mean, this is the league now. You got to compete every year when you come in here and, and earn your job. So, um, I'd say it's it's he's done a really good job to deserve that. But this is a new year. He's got to continue to push and get better. And if that's the case, I think we feel confident about that. Yeah, that's you know, I, I knew that question would come up. I think what I'd rather do with that is just stick with talking about Darnell. We felt comfortable that that was the guy that we wanted. Um, you know, even though Philly, you know, we did the swap with Philly, um, we felt really good about that. When you did the swap, did you have a pretty good idea who Philly was going for? Yeah, I wasn't going to take the chance to miss on Darnell. So we, we knew, uh, had a good sense of it, so we were good with it. Was Philly the only team that called at nine? There's another team. It didn't get too heated up, um, and it was in a spot where I had a really good sense that Darnell would be at risk to, to be gone. So. Yeah, there's there's times it's the exposure. You know, I was at different ones. I got my eyes and hands on different players. This one we saw at the Senior Bowl, but we just wanted a additional work to view to feel convicted about it. All right, so uh, that is the voice of Ryan Bowles, the general manager of the Chicago Bears on their number one pick, Darnell Wright from the University of Tennessee. What did you take out of that five-minute clip? He he handled himself in a respectful manner with no surprise. You know, Ryan Poles is, is just a very respectful man with the way he addresses things publicly. But, you know, I think it was our guy Patrick Finley. It sounded like he was the one asking the, the question there about whether or not Jalen Carter was taken off of Ryan Poles' board. He, he did not want to directly address that, understandably so, so it doesn't sound like he's saying anything really negative about Jalen Carter. But in the end, the guy he didn't want to risk losing was the guy he drafted. He had a chance to draft Jalen Carter. He didn't, so obviously he was not – he certainly wasn't on the Bears' top ten board. You know, right. if, if Jalen Carter was still sitting there in the second round tomorrow one of those picks, then I, I would imagine Ryan Poles would have been willing to take that type, that type of risk on Jalen Carter. But in the top ten – that wasn't where he was willing to go. So off the board completely, probably not. But off the board, top 10, yeah, that, you know, that seems pretty you know, apparent. And the way he handled it and the way he framed it, because let's be honest, you know, some of the some some things are best left unsaid. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And well, what's the point? What's he supposed to say? Uh-huh. Okay, because 
the, number one, you don't want to throw another person under the bus. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and secondly, it's a bad take. It's a bad look if mm-hmm. you do that anyway. Right. And, and I doubt that, you know, this is a fraternity of GMs <laughs> because one day these two teams might have to hook up in mm-hmm. another trade. Yes. So why would you burn your bridge <laughs> to win a press conference for a 20-second right. soundbite? No, uh-huh. I think he did the right thing. The results spoke for themselves, just, yes. just like we've seen every step of the way here. It's been a very methodical offseason so far for Ryan Poles. I mean, you can go back to the regular season and see that there's been a patient approach yes. that's been taken to sort of I like this guy. systematically I, I, building things I don't things know here. him. I've never met him, but I like him. I like his style. Mm-hmm. I like his, his football Acumen, I, I, I mean, I think the Bears are in pretty good shape now. I like their coaching staff. I, I saw growth on the coaching staff this year. I saw growth with the quarterback position and their play calling. I mean, you know, so I think this future is very, very bright. It's feeling that way. You know, the, the roster still needs to improve. You, you still need more dudes on the roster right now. The, the quarterback is certainly what, the one what, with what like an elite level ceiling. What would you say the priorities ceiling. right now? Uh, D-line. D-line. I'm hoping tomorrow we see multiple D-linemen taken, and maybe it'll be someone who's got a high ceiling where the production hasn't been there, maybe some injury-plagued guy. I mentioned the name earlier in the show, Aditamo Adabari out of Northwestern. If he happens to fall somewhere in the Bears' range, then that's the type of guy with like elite-level upside who's got good college film, but physical abilities, like just explosive athletic traits that could go well beyond the production we saw from him in Evanston. That's the type of guy that I hope the Bears have a shot at landing tomorrow because they they need people with more elite-level physical traits than what they have at house right now. And speaking of tomorrow, which is just about three minutes away, I want to make sure that uh, we remind you, Mully and Hall at 5 will have complete coverage throughout the day. More uh, analysis on what the Bears did, what the NFL did in round one. And uh, don't forget, immediately following Cubs, Marlins baseball, we've got uh, second and third round coverage right here on 670 The Score. Anthony, oh, yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. This is a great time, Chuck. Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grote will be on after the draft tomorrow night from 9 to midnight working this shift as well. I've got my Big Ten radio show in a few hours in the morning, and then I'll be on with Dan and Layla for the Bernstein and Holmes show from 11 to 1 tomorrow. A couple more hours you'll deal with me tomorrow at that point. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Many thanks to Sean Sears, Ryan Forth, and the myriad of men and women who have put together these shows throughout the day right here on 670 the score for anthony heron this chuck swirsky always a pleasure right here on 670 the score